lift those hands right there. And I just want to say that I love you more than anything. And I just want to say that I love you more than anything. Hey, God. Bless your name. We bless your name. Ah. Worship sounds like something, but it also smells like something. God, we're grateful to call you ours. We thank you for your care for us no matter what's going on around us. Thank you that you will respond to our worship we just give you freedom to respond in every area that needs a response every area you want to respond to you don't necessarily stop storms but you are a storm protector we draw our minds in I speak to your spirits I call them to come and attention to focus on what the Lord would say to you on today we, we declare this a no-fly zone no distractions no text that we don't need to get no kids to get aggravated or no nothing just no nothing Lord help us see how you have made us this place help us to see that we are an ordinary we are a peculiar people. We're chosen. Thank you for what you're about to say. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As you're taking your seat, let's just give God a clap offering. Let's just give the Lord a clap offering. I mentioned that we are discussing and starting our series on purpose uh, on this morning. And I, I want you just to kind of take a little, little peek at this creative way, this artsy way of introducing our topic for the next several weeks.
God has indeed called us to be uh, unordinary. And I believe that, that there's something is going to happen as you hear about the entire subject of purpose. We'll unpack it and we will talk a little bit about the different parts and how destiny and purpose are designed to be together. I believe that much like that little orange triangular figure, the bottom right of the screen, as it in the graphic burst out of the motion and the action that's there, I believe that there is something is going to burst out of you. That you will come to a place and to a point to where you embrace being unordinary. What, what is this in my hand? What, what is this in my hand? And you don't, have to, you don't have to shout out the answer. I'm not looking particularly for anyone to answer um, exactly what this is. But I, I want you to identify um, what this is. Um, if I were afraid that you were going to cheat, I'd tell you to write it down. <laughs> I'd tell you to write it down. Many of you all have, I heard you utter what, you, what your opinion is. Maybe as you've looked at it a bit longer, you have changed your mind. Maybe likely you have not changed your mind. The question is, what is this in my hand? If I were to do this, you, you would be able to see that maybe your guess was right. That, that this, is, this is a flashlight. But if I were to do this, the flashlight now begins to strobe. I can actually, if you look on this wall here, I can actually change the concentration of where the light is. But what I'm holding in my hand is more than some fancy flashlight. Uh, this flashlight has a couple of tools in it. Uh, th this flashlight has, it, it has a flathead screwdriver in it. It has a Phillips head screwdriver to it. This flashlight has a pair of scissors to it. This flashlight has a Coke bottle opener. <laughs> this flashlight has even a knife in it. This flashlight, this flashlight is more than just a flashlight. But I'm not finished. This flashlight also will cut your seat belt. There is a small razor blade that's here, and if you get caught in your car and can't get out, this flashlight is designed to cut you out of your seat belt. But, but not only will it cut you out of your seat belt, if you cannot get out of the car, it has a tactical instrument that if you hit this on the glass, it will shatter the window. What you assumed was just a flashlight 
is really an extraordinary flashlight. What you assume was just to provide illumination was really purposed in the creator's mind to do more than just provide illumination. But the additional features of this flashlight are only demonstrated when they were in my hand. The only thing that bothers me about church folk is that y'all don't know when to shout. <laughs> may, may I just say, may I just say that God has designed you to be more than just a flashlight. This has been dubbed our year to light it up, and many of us are lighting it up in our offices, in our businesses, in, in our homes, that, that this has been a catalytic year for, for many of you all. But, but, but for, for you all, there's also more that's there. God is calling you like that orange cube in the bottom right part of the screen to stand out from the other blue boxes. I remember one, one of my favorite TV shows, at least the jingle still rings in my head, came when I was uh, a young man, and we would gather together around the television set on Saturday mornings. We would watch Sesame Street. And, and, and the thing is, the thing is, me and my younger brother, my, five, my brother's five years younger, we, we would watch Sesame Street, we would eat cereal. Um, uh, Apple Jacks were my favorite. He liked Captain Crunch. Um, and, and what we would do is we would break mama's rules. We, we would gather in the den with our cereal bowl. Now, mama, mama would trip um, when she had new carpet put in. The old carpet, she didn't too much matter. But when mama put that new carpet in, in the den, just, you, better, you better get your behind out of there. You can't just. But I, I would rush to watch that one little scene on Sesame Street. Maybe some of y'all remember uh, before you had uh, these wide-inch televisions, these 16 by 3. They had a 4 by uh, uh, 16 by 9. They had a 4 by 3. It was the squares. And the square would be broken up. It would be broken up. And it would be four different quadrants. Some of y'all know. Some of y'all some of y'all old school. Some of y'all more than 40. Uh, it would be these four different quadrants. And three kids would be in scenes doing something. There were four quadrants, there were four kids, but three of the kids in the scenes, they would be doing the same thing. But the other kid, uh, the other kid would just be wilding out. He'd be wilding out. And he would always, the, the song would always say, uh, one of these kids is doing his own thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't know no words. I don't know no words. The kid in the bottom, he'd just be, you know, he'd be doing this, you know, just, just going everywhere. The other kids are being, being soulless. Can I say, I understand now why that scene from Sesame Street means so much to me. Because my entire life, I've been the kid that was doing his own thing. I've been the kid that was the orange triangle 
standing out amongst the blue boxes. I was a kid that was, that was never going along with the, with the crowd, with the flow of everybody else. I, was a, I grew into being the young man that parents would want their kids to be with. In college, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a typical college student. I was the, I was the pyramid. E- even, even when I was out on my own, when I tried to sin, God wouldn't let me. Oh, I got to tell you all this one little story. It's not a part of my sermon. Uh, but I remember one night when I got to Dallas, I'm like, nobody knows my dad. I am in a city that nobody knows me. I couldn't go nowhere in Atlanta. You Jasper Williams' son, ain't you? You, you, you remember Jasper Williams? I go to your church. I know your daddy. I, I can't do nothing at home. I, I, I thought I'd wait till I go to seminary <laughs> to tip off in sin. Y'all, one night, boy, I got ready. It was one Friday night. Class was over. See, I had to make sure I had enough. I was like, okay, I got to have enough space between my seminary class and talking about Jesus and my sin. (laughs) It won't feel as guilty. I know I ain't talking to nobody. I know I am just (laughs) confessing for myself. Well, I got ready. I got ready to go out that night. There was this club that was popping in the city of Dallas. But my phone w- wouldn't give me directions. There was no ways. There was no, no GPS. We had to, I had a random McNally map. <laughs> you know, you find the address in the back and it would give you a, a, a cube. No, it would give you a, a quadrant. It would give you a letter and a number. And so then it would tell you what page it was on and you'd have to go and find your number. And then when you got to the end of the street, you had to flip the page. Any old school folk in here? I, it wasn't that long ago. We're talking 94. 94. 94. 94. Um, and, so, and, and, and so I got my directions ready. I put my cologne on. I had to put a half bottle on. Um, I, 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 got, I, got, I got fresh and clean, clean, and I'm, I'm on my way out to the club. Y'all know I drove around the whole night. I, ne- I ain't found a club yet. <laughs> I, I was planning sin. I, 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 I was going to do stuff I couldn't do in Atlanta, but because there was a call on my life to be unordinary, God wouldn't let me get into what would make me look like everybody else. Because the purpose that God had designed me for, that he had saved me for, the purpose that God, was, that God had on my life, it was, it was bigger than what I could even see. Maybe my story isn't your story, but I, I will tell you that God has designed you to be unordinary. What God has saved you for is bigger than what everybody else is doing. Oh, oh, that video is now preaching to me. But do you remember as you were watching that little 50-second video, uh, if you, do you remember that out of the blue squares came an orange triangle? Some of you are waiting to come forth. Some of your some of your unordinary is waiting to burst on the scene. 
You've got to go through some stuff. You, 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 got, you got to know what sin feels like and what it tastes like. You, you got to know what it feels like to be addicted. You got to know what it feels like to do life without Jesus. To not be satisfied with one woman, with, with two women, with, with four women, or, or with even a, a, somebody of the same sex as God is, is brewing up something to make you pop out of where you have once been. God's packed something unordinary in you that he's waiting to display on the scene. Exodus chapter 9, verse number 16. Exodus 9, 16 says, but indeed for this purpose, I've raised you up. He's talking to Moses. He's saying, Moses, I, I, I saved you. I saved you. I've saved you for such a time as this. For this purpose, couldn't nobody else have led Israel out of Egypt other than Moses? So God says, this is the purpose that's on your life. Some of y'all remember Moses. Remember he got ahead of things. Remember that? Remember, he was raised in the king's palace, but as he was raised in the king's palace, he started doing some stuff. He could see, he knew he wasn't where he was, and he identified with the Hebrews, and he went and killed another Egyptian. He got ahead of where God was taking him, but God was saying, Moses, what's brewing on the inside, what's trying to pop out, it has to come out in time. Oh, I am preaching to myself. I am preaching to myself. Moses, you you got it right. You are going to be the great deliverer, but not yet. Moses, you're going to bring them out, but not yet. Who am I talking to in here? You know that there's something in you that's bigger than where you are. And so you keep trying to do some things, but it ain't working. You, you, keep, you keep trying to bust on the scene with a gangster lean, but God keep putting you back in the pocket. You, 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 you know that where you are isn't where you're going to end up. And even as you're starting to try to get out there, God is saying not yet. Because God says, but indeed for this purpose I have raised you up. Moses, Moses was going to hit the scene, but he wasn't going to do it until the right time. He, he, said, he said, watch now. He says, watch now in verse number 16 of Exodus chapter 9. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up. Look why God has put purpose on the inside of you, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Woo, if I was about 50 pounds lighter, I would start breakdancing. God is saying, God is saying that what I've put on the inside of you, I'm going to show just how strong and mighty I am. And when folk Moses look at you and see the purpose that's in you, you are going to start saying, if it had not been for the Lord on my side. Oh, I'm 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 talking to a couple of y'all. I'm talking to a few of y'all that when God brings you forth, your job isn't to be quiet. But your job is to say, Jesus did it. Can we just practice one time? Will you look at your neighbor and say, Jesus did it? 
I, 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 I see a testimony. I, I see a testimony. Uh, Alex and Claudia, would y'all, would y'all stand, please? Would y'all stand, please? Um, a- Alex and Claudia uh, just crossed over uh, some huge amount of money that they made. How much, how much y'all cross over? Uh, 500000 Okay. Oh, so they, they, they just crossed fi- over $500,000 um, in, in, in income. Okay. All right. And, and so, and so Alex told me one time, I, I was, I, I was with him at, at one of their, one of their, uh, uh celebration moments. And, and, and Alex told me one time, you know, uh, Sam and Elaine, uh, they, 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 they have everybody walk across the, uh, across the stage and they celebrate, you know, what they're doing is they're starting to rise through, through the ranks. And when Alex walked across the stage, I, I just, I just happened to be sitting at the front and, and Alex walked by me. He says, pastor, I keep telling folk, it's about the church, that you got to get in church, that you got to get to know Jesus. Y- y- y'all can sit down. Y- y'all ain't nobody happy but me and Alex. See, y'all are hating on the half a million. But when you start walking in your purpose... You bust out on the scenes. Oh my God. Oh my God. You bust out on the scene. And Alex was doing Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Job chapter 42, verse number 2. Job chapter 42, verse number 2. I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Uh, In other words, Father, whatever you want to do with me, I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. God, and if you want, if you want to do that, whatever your purpose is for me, I come into agreement because what you want can't be held back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm getting a little excited. Uh, the clock ain't my friend. Let me just give y'all some definitions of, of, of purpose, a couple of definitions. Uh, purpose is, look, look at what purpose is. Purpose is the reason for which something is done. Or the reason it is done in a particular way. Can I just say in order for God to orchestrate purpose in your life. There has to be a blueprint. God is not haphazard in what he does in your life. It's the reason for which something is done. All right, look look at this next definition because, see, some of y'all use purpose and destiny as synonyms when they are, when when they're not synonyms. They, 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 uh, they, They go together. Look at what destiny is. There's a long one. There's a long one. Destiny is a predetermined state, a condition foreordained by the divine or by human will. Fate, lot, doom, the fixed order of things. Invincible necessity, fate, and irresistible power or agency conceived of as determining the future, whether in general or of an individual. So when I look at this, my purpose 
in my destiny, but I can't reach destiny without purpose. They, 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 they aren't the same. I got to say that, that, that thing again. I got to rewind on my mind. Purpose in destiny, but I can't re- be in purpose without being in destiny. Mm. That, that, that in other words, when I'm living on purpose, when I'm living for the reason for which something is done, the reason it is done in a particular way. When, when I start living on purpose, when I start living on purpose, I end up living somewhere. Do you know what God had to do to get Moses into the Egyptian princess's house? Moses Moses had to start upstream in the Nile River. They, They had to create, his mama had to create a wicker basket. Put a newborn baby in it. Send him downstream. Amongst crocodiles and alligators and, and, and snakes. And, and the current had to jump in and guide that little baby basket into where the princess was taking a bath. That's a whole lot of coordinating for purpose to get Moses where he was supposed to be. Can I tell you that God is not doing anything in your life by accident? That God is leading you through some dangers seen and unseen? Then I like this part. God, God, God knew that can't nobody raise a baby better than his mama. So, so, so the princess, y'all don't know your Bible, do you? I'm sorry, I thought I, I thought I could get this one real quick. I thought I was in a Bible church. So, so the princess said, now nah, I need a nanny. She started interviewing mothers. And out of all the mothers, she picked Moses' mama to raise her child. I don't have a witness in here because no purpose that God has can be withheld. I hope I'm changing some minds. See, some of y'all have gotten discouraged because you don't understand why you've had to go through what you go through. Uh, And some of y'all are giving up on what you saw because you ain't there yet. But when you understand that no purpose that God has can be withheld from you, all you got to do is take another step. All you got to do is live another day. All you got to do is get through another week. There, there, is, there is a symbiotic relationship between purpose and destiny. There, there's this symbiotic relationship between purpose and destiny. Tim Early, uh, he wrote a book called Purpose and Destiny. I don't know much about Tim, but I like this quote. Uh, Tim said, "As li- life is not about purpose alone. Both purpose and destiny he's talking about are essential for the fulfillment of what you were created for. For purpose without destiny is like having no real life at all. It's like being on earth illegally. Therefore, we must define life from a sense of destiny. 
Well, that's, that phrase got me. It's like living on earth illegally. Mm. You see, you see I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But your destiny isn't the couch. Your, your, your destiny is not no PS4. Your, your, your destiny is not Madden. Your destiny is not fantasy football or a bar or a strip club or a gentleman's club. They're the same thing. Uh, you know, yeah, that's not your destiny. And the reason why we, we numb out is because we can't deal with the pain of what it feels like to be on earth illegally. I'm preaching better than y'all are saying Amen. And so we get tired of wrestling with what I'm supposed to be doing. And so just to take the pain away, I try to get my mind off of it. And nine times out of ten, you're going to use the wrong tool. All right, y'all don't want to say nothing. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me. Okay, I'm talking to your neighbor. I'm talking to your neighbor. Uh, I'm talking to your neighbor. This is what I found out. This is what I found out. Oh, this blessed me right here. Uh, The word purpose, when you start to look in Scripture... Is, seems to be equivalent to the word decree. What is a decree? Only kings make decrees. <laughs> Only officials with authority make decrees. Give y'all an example. I ain't trying to put myself on no pedestal. I'm not saying I'm a king. I am saying I'm the under shepherd of this house. So I made a decree that on Wednesday night, we ain't talking about Jezebel. Now, you might not like it, but that's the decree. We ain't going to change that. Y'all catch Jezebel the week after. If you don't like my decree, then, well... Um, it ain't up for debate. You, you, you can get on or get run over because this Wednesday night, we ain't talking about Jezebel. Now, who's going to change that? Who, 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 who got the keys? Who got the keys? Who, who know where the mic switch is? Uh, uh, it's, a dec- it's an order. So, 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 purpose and destiny will convene around a decree because Wednesday night, we talking about events. I'm not a king, but I know a king. That whatever he says about my life, it's a decree. I can agree with it and come in line with it, or I don't have to. Oh, and can I just tell somebody that many of you all are not walking and living on purpose and not in destiny because you don't even believe what God has said about you. Uh, uh, mm, you don't believe you're the head and not the tail. You don't believe you're above and not beneath. You don't believe that you can love your spouse and that your spouse can love. You don't believe that you're designed to prosper. You don't believe that you've been a blessed to be a blessing. And so therefore, many of you all are living anti-decree. You are living against the purpose that God has 
on your life. I got more to say, but I don't have enough time to say it. I need to be honest right here, right here for a minute. Be a little transparent. Been asking the Lord, why am I here? Been asking God, why, 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 why do you have me here? What, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't know. Toy Tucker, are you here today? Are you, are you here today? I don't know if she's here. She might, she might not be here. She, she put on one of my Instagram posts. She, she said, so are, I, we're to assume that you're living on purpose then. This before we even announce the fact that we'd be doing the series on purpose. And, and I, I, picked up, I picked up my phone and I was about to reply. Because something went off on the inside of me. Because what you see might look like I'm living on purpose. Um, what you see might look like I'm living from a place of destiny. But purpose has levels and dimensions. So, you know, you know, you know being 45, you know, they say I'm supposed to be going through that midlife crisis. I need, I need to confess, I need to confess, I have been fighting the desire to buy a convertible. I can't afford it yet. Thank you. Thank you. I can't afford it yet, but I've been fighting it. Y'all know them slingshots? You know them cars with the two wheels in the front and don't have nothing on the top? But I just, I just see myself, every time I ride by, I just see myself sitting up there looking. You know, you know I, I have on the chrome hat, you know, kind of cock it to the side a little bit. Only got two seats. Me and my girlfriend, you know. This. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But it's meant like crisis. I can't afford that thing. Yet. It's coming. It, it, it's, I'm going to get me some toys. Before, before it's over, I'm going to have me some. We gonna have, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to have a head full of dye. I'm going to have a system in it and listen to trap music with a fine chick in the front seat. That's me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that's, me. That's, that's me. That's my purpose and my destiny. In this whole midlife crisis thing, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? I had a professional ask me one time, you know, you know he said, so, and he knew what I did. I almost got offended. He said, so, when you grow up, what do you want to be? How dare you? I ain't no boy. That whole racism thing popped in my head. And, you know, it, it, that, that, that's one of the biggest problems that when the folk start asking questions, you think it, it's, it's the white man. So, so, you know, I had to quickly, I had to quickly pull that thought down. And, and the man was right. Being a church planner, getting a little old. I love what I do. I'm made to teach and to preach, for the, preach the word. I'm made for a microphone. I'm made to walk with folk and present principles and bring the kingdom. To, I'm made for that, but, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm made for more than just what I see. Mm. Mm. I have an apostolic anointing on my life. I, 
I'm made, I'm made to plant folk and to raise up folk and to, and to develop. So I'm frustrated with where I am. And so I believe what's going to bring me out of my midlife crisis, other than a convertible, will be me living on purpose. Am I talking to anybody? Am I wasting time? Do I need to cut the sermon off? Everybody, everybody good. Okay, all right. Look, look at Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. So how do, you, how do you start mitigating feelings of frustration? What, what do I need to do? What, what, I, I want y'all to understand that I'm not preaching this sermon just for you. I'm preaching this sermon for us. Because we all need to go to the grave empty. There doesn't need to be nothing else left on the inside of us. When, when I get ready to leave, I ain't going to say, I wish I had. No, uh-uh. No, bucket lists are good. I got a couple of them. I got some stuff on my bucket list I don't even know is there. That when the opportunity comes, I say, yeah, count me in. Because there's nothing I want to end up with at the end of my life saying, I, if I only had. Okay. All right. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. Look at what the word of God says. This is God talking. Before I formed you in the womb. Before Jasper met Roberta. Before before my parents came together. Before the cells start splitting off. And the seed hit the egg. God say, before you were even a thought, I knew you. But, but before you were born, I sanctified you. Okay, so let, let's, let's go back to my story. See, God wouldn't let me get to the club that night in Dallas because I was already sanctified. Some of y'all would have tried again. But because I was sanctified, uh, before I was born, because I was set aside for a specific purpose, before I was born, I was sanctified and ordained as a prophet to the nations. Now, God is talking to Jeremiah, but there's a principle here that God knew you before your mama ever met your daddy. God sanctified you before you were even born. God called you to an office. Maybe you're not a prophet. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe maybe you're senior level management. Maybe you're just supposed to be the clerk at Walmart. Uh, uh, But but while God has you there, stuff changes. I have to come into agreement and the understanding that God knows me better than I know myself. Now, I see what some of y'all are thinking in your head. But, Pastor, I'm past midlife crisis. That's what some of y'all are saying. Others are saying, I don't even know what midlife crisis is. I got some folk that that after it. I got some folk that don't ain't in it. 
And I got some folk that are waking up at night, sweating and taking off covers and having your own personal summers at Christmas time. Listen, God will continue to reveal the purpose that he's placed you in this earth for. But don't ever forget the flashlight. You will never discover the other tools in the flashlight. If you're not in his hands. See, here, here's the problem. A lot of us become complacent with where we are in life and quit striving for what's next. Which is why I'll never retire. I ain't gonna always pastor. Some of y'all can be real hard to deal with. Let me, let me just look down because I don't want nobody thinking. I'm talking to them, but, but really, some of y'all can be real a challenge. I, I ain't going to pass it the rest of my life. But I'll never quit. My goal is to die empty. My goal is to continue to stay in the master's hand and let him reveal my next purpose, my next realm, my next layer, my next level of purpose. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, here, here it is. Here, here's an here's a, here's a overarching thought. We're going to unpack this one here. Just one second. You will not get into purpose passively. Okay, I'm going to try this side over here. They didn't get it. You will not get into purpose passively. I'm going to try right here. You will not get into purpose passively. Y'all get the Sunday school banner. Put up Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Look at what it says. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel is another word for purpose. So purpose in the heart of man is like deep water. And he gives us a hint. Solomon says, you got to draw it out. I'm going to go back to my, my suppositional statement. You will not get into purpose passively. My, my, my mama from the country, um, Valley, Alabama, and they used to have wells, water wells. I never drank that water because I didn't know what else was down in that well. I'll, I'll take my water from the bottom. Okay, all right, okay. Maybe some of y'all survived well water, but I didn't want that testimony. So, so the way they would get the water, gra Grandmama would send Granddad to go, Buster, that was my, his name was Lafayette, but he was, his nickname was Buster. Buster, go get some water. 
Granddad would go to where the well was and he would put a bucket in it and then he would lower it down. And he'd lower, lower, lower. Then you hear something go, Psh. Then granddad would do something. He would jug it, or do something. Then he, he'd draw the water back out. Then he would take what he had drawn out back in the house. And what he drew out, some folk would drink, not me. Or my grandmother would use some of it in her recipes. So, so, so I, 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 I want you to understand that when God is pulling purpose out of you, it's going to take some work. It's going to take going across the field. It's going to take taking a bucket with you. It's going to take dropping some in some and, and jugging it. It's going to take drawing it, pulling it back out. But when God brings out your purpose, it will refresh some and fill others. Uh, Thomas Edison said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. If you tried it and it didn't work, try it again. But see, some of y'all want to spin around three times, give a $3 offering, and then walk through the open door on tomorrow. But touch your neighbor and say, that's passive, that's passive, that's passive. To get in purpose, you got to work. You got to work that thing. You, you got to, you, sometimes you got to stay up burn the midnight hour. Burn, burn the oil. So, so sometimes you got to get up early. So, so, sometimes you, you, you got to grind. You, you got to hustle. You, 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 you got to do some stuff. And you will never walk in the purpose. From your couch. Think about another testimony over there. LeVar, stand up. LeVar, kid, will stand up. Um, LeVar did a business class with us about five years ago, four, four or five years ago. We started a business class, and um, LeVar didn't know nothing about business. He kept saying Kiowa was the one that was supposed to be in business. Now, now at church, Everybody got it on these, these shields. I have, I have a couple of them. But, but I, I, I look like I got on a bustier sometimes. So I, 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 but, but LeVar never had the vision. He never had the vision. He didn't show up at the business class talking about, I'm going to invent the, the shield. He had to stumble in it. And our teacher was hard-nosed. Oh, you didn't play with Arthur. You didn't do your homework. He, he, he this missed you. He cut you with his eyes. But, but LeVar stumbled into his purpose. He, he's had opportunities to be on Shark Tank. 
He's, he's had, he's, he, last, last, last time I got an update, he was just getting in the fleet feet, a running store with, with his project. If you, if you follow him on Instagram, some athlete is always got on his stuff. He provides, tell me, stop when I'm lying, he, 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 even, he even does stuff for football teams. I, I'm talking about NFL. He, he believed in his purpose so much until he quit his job to pursue it. But you don't move in the purpose passively. Y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. You got to do something. You need to have some Rihanna about you. Work, 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 work. Let me see me work, 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 work. Send me see me work, 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 work. Send me see me work, work. I told y'all I got to get one in a week. I, I got to get one in a week. I don't know what Riri be saying. Can, I'm, I'm, I'm over time. I'm over time. I'm going to try to get y'all out of here at 1230. Um, um, but I, I got to finish this because next week is going to build. Are y'all enjoying this? Is this making any sense? Okay, all right. Question you should be asking. Question I start asking myself. When that man asked me what I want to be when I grow up. How do I know what I'm supposed to be doing? See, I think that so many people become what they were never designed to be. You become something because of a paycheck. And so society starts covering stuff up. Uh, Here's some questions that I had to ask myself that you're going to have to ask yourself. Five questions real quick. What brought you joy when you weren't trying to fit in? We can make that current. What brings you joy when you're not trying to fit in? What do you like doing that you're trying to keep a secret? Now, I ain't talking about that. <laughs> now, like, like uh, uh, there's a brother here like to crochet. But you will never see him put crocheting on Instagram. Even making his grandmama scarves and for Christmas. Grandmama, don't tell nobody I gave this thing. <laughs> oh. Uh, what do you, what do you, what brings you joy when you're not trying to fit in? <laughs> Y'all. 
You know the difference in job and joy? A letter. Some of y'all hate your job. Your joy leaves on Monday morning when that alarm clock go off. You done, you done threw your alarm clock across the room so many times. It's a wonder that thing even works. You hate your job. There's no joy in what you do. We serve Jehovah Jireh, not Job Jireh. Here's the second question you want to ask. What, what, what do you enjoy doing? First question, what brought you joy when you weren't trying to fit in? Second question, what do you enjoy doing? Here's the third question. What do you know that you don't know why you know it? I worked hard on that, on that sentence. Y'all slow, not me. This ain't my English. What do you know that you don't know why you know it? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Like, like, how'd you learn to cook so good? You ain't been to culinary school. You, you, don't, you don't use no measuring cups. Ain't nobody showed you. You don't, you don't have, re- you, don't have you, you get the recipe and you change it and it tastes better. Then how do, you, how do you know what you know, but don't know how you know it? Uh, uh, my, my auntie, my auntie. Um, she, 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 uh, she's starting to get in films. Has a recurring, recurring role on Greenleaf. She's done a whole bunch. My auntie, auntie. She's she done a whole lot. Every time you see her, she had another casting call. How does how she, she do that? She ain't never been to acting class. She didn't have a career in acting. She's not a, she, she didn't go to school for it. She just one day said, you know what? I'm going to go to that audition. How long ago was that? About, about four years ago. Now she getting paid. How do you know what you know but don't know why you know it? I'm trying to help y'all. I'm, try- I'm trying to help y'all. The way you find your purpose is asking yourself these questions. I-, I got two more. I got two more. What do people around you say and see about you? Man, you know, I'm, you, you, you're, I can see that you're going to be. You know, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but whenever you such and such, this always happens, such and such. So, so what do you know about yourself that you don't know how you know it? But then what do, what's the recurring thing about what other people say about you? All, all these are, are indicators. This isn't a final list. Here, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Oh, let me, let me go back and illustrate this one from Scripture. What do people around you say and see about you? Jesus called Peter to be 
a fisherman. He's walking along the Sea of Galilee. Peter is coming in and he says, he'll introduce himself. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jesus. What's your name? Oh, Peter. Okay. He says, drop your nets. Come follow me. And I'll make you. He talks his language. I'll make you fishermen of men. See, Jesus had Peter. When he says, I'll make you do what you already know how to do. If you can understand that I'm going to put you in a different sea to do what you know how to do. <clears throat> Peter's purpose, Peter's destiny included the principle of fishing. His, 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 his destiny was going to lead him to keep doing what he was good at. But instead of fishing for fish, he was going to fish for men. His, his, his past had led him into understanding what fishing was all about. Pastor, what are you saying? God is not going to throw away your OJT. God is not going to dismiss your on-the-job training. That's what OJT is. So all the stuff that you've learned, God is going to take that thing, mix it together, and get glory from it. We oftentimes discount what other people are saying. Sometimes rightly so, we should. But you want to listen for that common theme. About what others are saying to you. Here's a fifth thing you need to ask. Fifth thing you need to ask. What is God saying about you? How do you get in your purpose? What is God saying about you? What does he keep speaking to you in dreams? In visions? What is is that dream that continues to reoccur? I've had this one dream that I've been having for 20 plus years. The same dream. I haven't seen it yet. But I'm not giving up on it. I know that it's not what I ate the night before because it's the same dream. No matter where I am in life. That God lets this one dream. What vision is God giving you? What is God speaking to your heart? How do you find your purpose? You understand what God is saying about you. Proverbs 19, 21, and we're finished. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will stand. What I tell you counsel was? Another word for purpose. So see, a lot of us haven't reconciled what you, what you went to college for. You ain't doing that. This college was like, for some of us, a waste of time. So you keep planning stuff in your heart and you, it doesn't end up showing up the way you think. 
But God's going to use what you thought you were called to do to be a part of what his purpose is in your life. I lied to y'all. I told y'all I was going to wrap it up. I'm sorry. God brings people to partner with your purpose. And, and when, you, when you're getting into purpose, remember I told you destiny has a part of that. I'm finished, Tim. I ended up going to Dallas Seminary. I ended up finding out that I was going and actually living in the city in six weeks. I finished my undergraduate degree at University of Georgia. I enrolled in Luther Rice Theological Seminary, which is out in um, Covington, Conyers. Lithonia, one of them places out by 20. <clears throat> I went there for my first year. I, I, I thought I had a teaching ministry, so I didn't know what was going to be my future, doctoral work or whatever it might have been. And I was in the library one day, and I overheard through, they were on the other aisle, on the other side, that the seminary didn't have its accreditation. So, you know, I kept ear hustling kept listening. Like, they don't have what? So I went back home and I told my dad. Found out that when a school doesn't have its accreditation, it means that your degree don't count. I, 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 dad made a call to one of his friends, where you going? Best school to go to is Dallas Seminary. Third of them, get online and, and go, go, go apply. I barely made the application date because I found out at the top of one week and the application was due at the end of the week. Heard back from the school, said, you, you've been accepted. We, we, me and dad went out, saw the school, made sure, came back. Yep, that's why I'm going. Next, me and mom got on a plane, went out, found me an apartment. Guess what the name of my apartment where I, where I live was? Williams Run. If that ain't God speaking. Next thing I know, I'm loading up my car and we're driving to Dallas. Remember, God uses people to partner with you and purpose. Can I just tell you this? God never releases purpose in a silo. He never just puts something on the inside of you and that's your job just to do it for the rest of your life until he always brings people to partner with purpose. So there my first year. I st started getting preaching invitations. So I'm preaching a lot of different places. I go to this church called St. John Baptist Church. Pastor was Dr. Um, Manuel Scott. Dr. Scott just kind of took to me. So he started letting me teach his Wednesday night Bible studies. Old folk pay you different than young folk do. It was an old ritzy church. After I finished preaching, this has nothing to do with the sermon. I'm just saying. They would give me a bag of money. 
I'm like, what? That envelope earlier reminded me. <laughs> Just a bag of money. I said, when y'all want me to come back? One day, one day they, had, they asked me to preach their, their young adult day. Remember I told you it was an old ritzy church. All the who's who of Dallas back in the 60s and 70s and early 80s was a member of this church. And I'm thinking I'm going to see a bunch of folk that look like me. The young adults were 50. I'm like, I'm going to have to change my sermon. Nah. There was this one chick I had been set up um, on, a, on a blind date in the church. And she, she, was, she, was, she was built interestingly. I, I have a problem with that, but, but what got me is when I went to pick her up for the date, she comes to the door and says, excuse my hair. You know, excuse my hands. Let's strike one. <laughs> it already ain't looking good. Anytime woman come to the door, talking about excuse my hair. You know, she had short hair. And she thought she could just kind of wave it down. And just kind of slick it down, put a little gel in it, you know. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. We get to the movies, and I'm like, you know, I'm a gentleman. Go to the front. Hey, what you, what you, what you want? You know, you, what do you... You don't want no popcorn? No, I'm fine. Why y'all do that? Say you don't want no popcorn. Then you eat all of his. We get in the movie, right? And so I got the popcorn on my side. It's like in my lap. And I'm eating my popcorn. Next thing I know, there's another hand in my bag. She eating my popcorn. This ain't the one. This ain't looking good. I just gave it a bag. Go on, take the bag. Then something happened in the movie. And she said something to me. She goes, I was like, oh, God. Oh, my goodness. What have you been eating? Oh, I was like, I'm going to call you an Uber. <laughs> Boy, if I smelled her breath on the first go round, I left her behind at home. You, uh-uh. So I show up to preach this young adult date of 50-somethings. And the chick was coming to shake my hand, right? Uh, I don't want to, I don't, mm-mm. But I had noticed that an angel had come from heaven. She was in the back of the church. She had on a navy blue dress trimmed in white with some gold buttons and some Easter white shoes. She had her hair up in a bun, and she had on some French tip manicured fingernails. I'm like, Lord, 
I swear the angels peered over heaven's portal and sang a verse of the hallelujah chorus. I want y'all to see purpose and destiny and how God uses people. You can't play with her. She'll cut you. So here's this. I mean, a girl that had gone out, she had a big behind. I mean, it was hearage. So she's, she's in line to come shake my hand. She, <laughs> she actually turns around the other way and she's talking to somebody else because of the church that she grew up in. She didn't see the girl smiling because there weren't been three of us that was under 30. <laughs> if she had seen that, I, I, I'd be a single man. She comes, and I never wanted to use the pulpit preaching ministry to, to hook up with women. That just wasn't my thing. I, I, it's bestiality when pastors sleep with sheep, and I that's, shouldn't be sleeping around in the first place. But I don't, I don't, I don't play that. I mean, that's, that ain't cool. That ain't good. That was a nice run, by the way. So she, she gets to me, and I'm like, uh, what I say? You know, I ain't never had no strong game. I was like, how, how, how can I get in touch with you? Twenty years later. Come here. Come here. Look, look. I, I, I want to leave you. I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. I'm, I'm going to discover my purpose. And my destiny, because God has brought a person into my life to help me discern my purpose. And it goes the other way. Here's what I want you to understand. Being a part of church is more than just this. It's about doing life with folk. It's about God speaking to you through somebody else it's about who you lie down next to at night God uses people to get you in the purpose would y'all just stand on your feet real quick real quick if you're in this place and you do not have a place that you can call home come on I don't believe I'm a mistake I don't believe that you hearing this word is a mistake leave from where you're sitting Come on, come on, let's, let's start figuring out God and life together. If you've never been saved, invite you to experience Jesus Christ. Your eternal destination can change from this point.